0: The Toolshed is a mission driven, education based sex toy store located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. More than your typical adult store, the Toolshed provides quality, body safe products that enhance the sexual lives and relationships of their customers, and they do it all in a comfortable, compassionate, and welcoming atmosphere. Not located near Milwaukee? That's okay. The Toolshed's online shop at www.toolshedtoys.com serves customers all over the world. The Toolshed strives to be the source for accurate, up-to-date information about sexual health and pleasure. Their store is staffed by sexual educators who are invested in providing sex-positive and inclusive support to their customers throughout their lifespan, no matter where they're from. The Toolshed stocks a large selection of products made from body-safe materials. They have sex toys for folks of all genders, orientations, and inclinations, including gear for strap-on play, vibrators to stimulate a variety of body parts, BDSM gear, kink supplies, and much more. The Toolshed is also proud to offer a large inventory of gender expression supplies like binders, soft packers, shaping underwear, and breast forms. Last but not least, The Toolshed stocks lots of great books on topics like ethical non-monogamy, how to negotiate consent, kinky play, sexual pleasure, sexual health, and so much more. They've got over 500 different titles in stock at their Milwaukee location and host a regular monthly book club too. Every day, The Toolshed staff answers questions about products, pleasure, health, and relationships, without shame or stigma. The Toolshed also offers in-person and online private consultations for people who have in-depth questions about any of those things, as well as other subjects like communication and relationships, establishing healthy boundaries, fertility basics, alternative menstrual products, and other topics folks deal with every day as sexual beings. You can visit the Toolshed in person at 2427 North Murray Avenue in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, or you can check out our online store at www.toolshedtoys.com. From now through the end of 2019, you can use promo code POLY2019 POLY2019 at checkout for 10% off your next purchase. Thanks. Hey there, and welcome to Polyamory Uncensored, a podcast where we, your hosts, Lindsay Miller and Katie Williams, interview a poly person each episode, and we try to answer the five tenets of journalism, who, what, when, where, and why, as it pertains to our poly lives.
1: You're listening to episode 13, where we chat with Sean. Stay tuned as we delve into the good, the bad, the ugly, and the just plain complicated truths about our poly lives. All right, so Sean, who are
2: you? Um, My name is Sean. I'm a bisexual, um, cis man, uh, polyamorous, and also a a gigantic nerd. (laughs) Nice.
1: Uh, Is there anything else that you want to say
0: about how you identify? Do you have a poly identity at all?
2: I'm in a triad, but also have um, multiple partners all over. Uh, what drew
0: you to polyamory? What is your origin story?
2: Back in college, my sophomore year, um, I had a friend who we were both in relationships at the time and she came to me and she was like, I really like you. <laughs> I was like, I like you as well. But um, we both were like, we we won't do anything about this because you're not poly. and She had done polyamory or claimed to have done polyamory in high school. So I was like, well, that would be nice, but no, not right now, We're not Polly. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, later, we dated and um, kind of broke off. It was a relationship that sort of faded away, rather than actually having an endpoint. Um, because when I got together with my uh, next girlfriend, now my wife, um, we had a, a little bit of a menagerie-trois with her. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's, there were signs that the things should have been more obvious sooner.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, um... Unfortunately, there was a little bit of a poly pitfall where I assumed because I had talked with one person about polyamory, things would be okay if I kept doing stuff with my first girlfriend. That came to light like a couple of years into my relationship with my now wife and like we had a, a big talk about it. Like it was actually at a time where she brought up the prospect of possibly dating multiple people and the whole thing didn't happen because I had cheated. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of put the, the kibosh on that for a very long time. But um, we brought up discussion of that a few years back And this time we were like, okay, if we take it carefully, like, we're not going to seek anybody out. We're not going to, like, make a goal of finding another relationship or something. We're just going to, like, keep that in mind. Like, hey, maybe it would be interesting to find another person. And we did. (laughs) Like, I want to say it was was Gretchen's episode. Gretchen is my wife. Um, So she has better track of timelines than I do. But I want to say it was about six months later that we um found someone who was interested in both of us and we're like well hold on let's all talk about this let's let's make sure everybody is is cool (laughs) and um that was kind of our intro to like actually doing polyamory right and like doing the research and making sure nobody gets hurt um and then since then i've developed other relationships um Katie is actually my partner as well, and then I have a, a comment, a comment out in uh, Boston that I only see once a year or so.
1: So, what does being polyamorous mean to you?
2: I think it's a really positive response to kind of the ingrained toxic culture of how relationships should be, like how people are taught they should be, um, where someone says like oh i can't go out tonight because of the old ball and chain at home it's like no that that's ridiculous like how can you not have hobbies how can you not have relationships with friends and it's the next step of like this there's, there's not really any reason you need to possess someone you don't need to like keep them from doing other things um i think if you're keeping someone from being themselves in a relationship you probably shouldn't be in a relationship yeah
0: um, when do you think you knew you were poly?
2: Like I said, the signs should have been clearer sooner. <laughs> Probably only, like, embraced the term four or five years ago. Um, but there's been, like, little hints all along the way of, like, oh, yeah, that'd be fine. That that would be perfectly okay with me. Um, one odd thing is I've always been really into sharing. <laughs> Like, not just relationships, but, like, if you enjoy something, it's like, oh, yeah, borrow this. Like, have fun. Play it as well. Like, <laughs> have a good time. Like, that is something that it's like, if someone else is into what you're into, like, lean into that. Yes. Don't, like, be possessive of it.
1: When did you first feel different?
2: I think I just jumped ahead and answered that question. <laughs> 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 um, but the the whole sharing thing of, like, um, even, like, bandwagon fans like in in sports and stuff where people are like oh you're only you're only excited about this because they're doing well it's like why are you upset that someone else likes what you like? (laughs) like that doesn't make sense to me so I've always felt I've been a little bit wired differently there of like my understanding of what it means to enjoy something what
0: do you find difficult about polyamory
2: the communication. Like, communication is very important, and you have to be even more conscious of it in multiple relationships to make sure that everybody is, like, having their needs met, being treated fairly. Um, like, it's, it's difficult, but it's also something that you must do. Like, you cannot just ignore it. Okay.
1: So where would you say that you are on your poly journey?
2: I'm not sure. <laughs> um, I'm in a place where... I enjoy the relationships that I have. I don't think I'm interested in starting any more relationships, but I'm also not, like, sort of, I'm not actively seeking, but I'm not actively opposed to that Um, at a a saturation point, but it also depends on who else, like, comes across. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Um,
2: But very satisfied with with all the relationships I'm in and where I've come.
0: Where do you hope to go in your poly journey?
2: Um, there's always room to improve, especially with communication. Like I say it's one of the most difficult things because it's probably the thing I struggle with the most. Yeah, I just want to be better at, like, communicating my needs clearly and hearing others for what they need. And...
1: So why would you say that you are poly?
2: Hmm. Um... So I, I made some notes for myself beforehand, and that's where I stopped on my notes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
2: I think it's largely like the the opposition to possessiveness taken to its logical conclusion of like, not only do I not want to control someone else's life, I want them to have their own life, especially away from me. <laughs> like, like, we all need to be able to do our own things. Yeah.
0: And why did you agree to be interviewed?
2: Um, I kind of want more visibility of, like, different people's poly stories in the community. And I, I think podcasts are neat. And now I'm going to be on a podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Good reason. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about related to polyamory? Did you settle on a topic that you would like to discuss?
2: Um, I have lots of thoughts about compersion and how it counteracts like jealous emotions. Um, yeah. Could you briefly <laughs> explain what
1: compersion means, just in case anybody listening is unfamiliar with it?
2: Um, compersion is kind of feeling happiness at seeing someone else be happy so in a romantic relationship it can be when someone's like when your partner is spending time with one of their other partners um even if you're not present like enjoying the fact that oh they went out to eat and like had a lovely night um and i i think I think it's a word that the general populace needs, outside of polyamory, because mm-hmm. you can get it, like, if a friend goes on vacation, and you didn't get to go on vacation, but you also, like, had other responsibilities, so didn't necessarily mm-hmm. want to go on vacation. You can say, oh, it's lovely that you've been to Cancun when we're mm-hmm. sitting in the snow, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I did not want to go to Cancun. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: That makes a lot of sense. So. Um, Can you talk a little bit more about the relationship between compersion and jealousy?
2: Yeah. So I used to have the thought of, I don't get jealous, but I think that's ridiculous now. (laughs) Um, I think everybody gets jealous. It's a matter of recognizing when you're jealous. So um, what usually happens to me is... If my partner is getting something that I can't provide, I'll feel jealousy about that. Like, um, so recently Gretchen has been very excited about the Oscar season and movies that are around, mostly because of one of her other partners. And I'm like, if I, I try to show you movies and you have no interest. And, <laughs> and this is very unfair. But then addressing, like, what is my actual fear behind that, it's like, oh... My my major concern is that I'm not able to give something that someone else is able to give. But I ultimately want her to enjoy these movies. So instead, it's like an additional feeling of happiness that, like, oh, yeah, I'm super excited that you're excited about movies right now. Also, I may not be interested in all the movies, so... (laughs) I don't know if I really want to have all of the responsibility of, like, let me be in charge of what movies we see. Like, no, I I don't want to see, like, the super artsy things or I don't have time to watch all of them. So it's something that I can, as you you think about it and step away, it's like, yeah, I'm I'm jealous, but at the same time, it's not really something that I need. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: (laughs) So instead, um, not necessarily instead, but in addition, like, having compersion take effect you just feel this this happiness at seeing someone else be extremely happy
1: i think of you as a person who is like a wellspring of (laughs) compersion and i i don't know kind of where exactly that comes from but it it seems like a really important part of like who you are
2: so i i think there is like a the, the, what I've described is kind of, I think, the logical compersion that people feel to counteract emotions, but I'm a little bit of a compersion junkie as well sometimes, <laughs> where, like, I, I will say, like, you seem unhappy. Go out with your partner. Like, have fun. Do something else. Like, I I don't know. I just find joy at seeing my partners find joy. <laughs>
0: So I like to say that jealousy kind of breaks down to three really crucial elements, uh, being insecurity, envy, and fear. And once you can recognize, like, what is actually causing those issues, you can get over jealousy, or at least work through it, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when it comes to, like, jealousy, especially when they are really little things, like watching movies. I know so often we'll talk about having a, a... polyamorous relationship but we have a monogamous Netflix relationship (laughs) you are not allowed to watch that show without me and uh and those seem like such small silly things but I still feel like they they are rooted in like fear of being replaced or fear that or envy that someone is going to have joy that you're not going to have or um at least with relationships a lot of insecurity that you're not providing something that your partner is uh in need of or desires. And um, it's interesting to to think about, like, compersion subverting those feelings. Do you you think you create compersion for yourself? Do you think, like, you make it happen? Or is it natural?
2: Sometimes I have to make it happen. Um, I would say recognizing what the actual fear that I'm experiencing is is one of the important first steps, whether it helps or not with, like, feeling better about it. It, If my thought is, well, I I don't get to go out, what's wrong with it? Like, I have to recognize that it's not a fear of being left. It's not a fear of, like, being inadequate. It's, It's something else entirely that I have to address. Maybe... I just also want to go out myself, not necessarily with my partner. Maybe I go fear being bored. <laughs> like I don't want to be left home alone doing nothing. So I just have to find something to do for myself. Um and I think envy is actually harder for me to recognize. Um like I won't realize that I'm I'm jealous of something that my partner has that I don't until it's like weeks past that it's happened, of like, mm-hmm. you know what? I just realized <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. wanted that thing that you got. Mm-hmm. Um, but the same kind of level of, like, recognizing what's causing the jealous emotion needs to come first before you can just automatically feel better about it.
0: I would say that the one of the biggest uh, or most common issues i hear with new poly couples especially heterosexual poly couples is um they will open their relationship and the woman in the relationship gets flooded with messages flooded with dates constantly has um like something to do and the guy in the relationship doesn't uh, doesn't get any messages uh, sends out a bunch of messages that aren't received or responded to and they like right from the get-go feel that um feel all of these jealousy and insecurity feelings um envy that their partner is getting attention that they're not and fear that this is how it's always going to be you know even though it's literally week one you know like <laughs> i will get messages for people that are like we just opened up a relationship Ten days ago, and I cannot believe how horrible it's going. And I'm like, "Whoa, <laughs> calm down."
1: <laughs> it reminds me actually of the book that we, we're in a book club, oh. and <laughs> that we read a book uh, about poverty and like the sort of mindset changes that perceptions of inequality have that are actually as damaging to outcomes as actual inequality. And that, like, this feels like an example of that that was not yeah. in the book. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Or even if, um, like, two partners are getting... Like, the, it's impossible to judge, like, is there equal being given to two people from different other people? Like, you can't, like, make a metric for that. No, <laughs> but, no. And also... But even if it is equal, as soon as someone thinks, like, oh, they have something I don't, like, mm-hmm. they're... It's gonna snowball from there. They, if they think don't it's talk an inequality, it.
0: yeah. And also, I I like to tell usually these men that uh, quality uh, quantity does not equal quality. So mm-hmm. someone being messaged, you know, having sixty messages in their inbox does not mean that any of them are going to be <laughs> good messages. And going out on you know eight dates a week does not necessarily mean that any of those are going to be fruitful or good dates that are going to. Turn into a a relationship, um, and sixty
1: messages on a lot of dating apps means fifty two dick pics <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. and work. Like just like energy that you don't necessarily have or want to expend on something that is supposed to be fun. Um, so yeah, so I, I yeah I, I have a I should have like a document of frequently asked questions that I just send to people <laughs> because that is probably what my number one. Um, the feelings of jealousy when it, when starting um, o- to open up your relationship. Specifically on, like, just feeling left out and left behind. And someone is careening off into date land. And what's, what's also interesting is, uh, you know, I've now been in an open relationship for... With my husband for, you know, years. Eight years. And there are times in which I'm dating you know going on four or five dates in one week and there are times in which i don't go on a single date for a couple months and rob is dating five different people you know like it definitely waxes and wanes and it um it's it's not necessarily based on gender at all you know like especially when you're when you feel like you're a confident person and feel like you deserve love and and respect Uh, I feel like those relationships happen organically sometimes, and so, you know, people just have to be patient, but uh, it's, uh, I do like the idea of trying to kind of fake it till you make it (laughs) when it comes to conversion, because some people don't feel conversion naturally.
2: Yeah, that's like, like, the more you, like, break down what thoughts you're having about jealousy, the more possible it is to (laughs) fake it till you make it, I guess, (laughs) of, like, if just like framing things differently in your mind until it it comes out as like, oh, actually, I'm completely happy that that person is doing that with that other person, and I'm not.
1: <laughs> right. Well, mm-hmm. and I think you know, if you're looking at a window of a week, obviously there's no chance that things are going to be equal between two people, you know, newly attempting to date. Like, mm-hmm. there's there's just no universe where that's going to be magically true. But looking at a bigger picture time frame and are we both having the kind of experiences that we want to be having are we building a life and relationships that work for us over the course of six months or a year is a different question and maybe one where you get a lot closer to having a answer that is a positive answer that feels rewarding to both people but I also think you said something important about you know when you look at jealousy somebody's off doing something else and you know sitting at home and being sad or lonely or resentful yeah. is probably the best way to give yourself a bad outcome yeah
2: <laughs> I, I definitely do that to myself at times like it it's I try to avoid it but if I fail at avoiding it I get pretty dismal <laughs> like
1: sure. well I think that's very human like I certainly have the same experience mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. we talked about this a little bit we had a uh, we had a book club yesterday and it mm-hmm. ended up being a very expansive discussion about uh, polyamory vocab Poly- for <laughs> yes. some of the people <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> um but one of the things that came up is I talked about like one of them was like well you know but isn't it do, do, does everybody have to be doing the same thing? Like, does everybody have to be having the same? Those equal. Relationship like, if you things? go on a date equal? with yeah. with
2: Katie on Monday, do you go on a date with Gretchen on Tuesday, and then mm, do you go right. on a date with so and so on Wednesday? Like,
1: so the first part of the conversation was clearly like, no. Yeah. But I think there's also a, and if things feel really out of balance, that's not going to work very well. Yeah. You know, that you've got to find some way of feeling like everybody's. Getting what they want and getting what they need and feeling good about the relationships that they're in, and it's not just on the person in multiple relationships. It's also on you know it's on all it's on everybody to make sure that that is happening. Where, and that's where I think you know tying into that, don't sit around and be mad. It kind of
0: comes in like you can choose that, but it's going to produce pretty predictable outcomes. I've heard it expressed as like relationships can be fair they don't have to be equal you know I'm not going to have another house and mortgage payment with another partner Mm -hmm. probably Uh, I probably also won't have children with another partner probably but I can still have a like fair in love and fair in respect relationship with another person things don't have to be equal right Uh, I also think that it's really important that people and I don't think that it poly or monogamous people do this well Uh, is to have, like, date days with yourself.
2: Yeah, that's... I was just thinking, um, like, the thing I've tried to do when I'm, like, wallowing in my own, like... (laughs) Like, ah, why isn't everybody else doing things? Is, like, try to be productive, like, for myself. And, like, you know what? I, I need to, like... It, laundry is boring, but like, there's there's a TV <laughs> show or movie yeah. that none of my partners watch that I I'm really interested in seeing. I will take this time for myself to see it, or um, like a project that I want to work on that I can only do myself. Like no one can help me with it. And hey, there's no obligations right now. I should do that thing for myself.
0: I think it also promotes the idea that you should have friends. You know, like and outside of just people who you are. Like actively trying to have sex with you know, and people who <laughs> yeah. that's not an aspect of the relationship who you're just friends with because I think that a lot of adults and you know like I think especially so in monogamous relationship their um, their partner becomes their best friend and they stay with their best friend every day and then, you know, maybe they have kids with their best friend and make other little friends <laughs> and they never hang out with other adults again. And I think it's so important to have those friendships um, and, and actually keep up with them because that can also be a struggle to, you know, to continue friendships and make sure that they are, you know, um, held to kind of a same weight or similar weight as uh, romantic relationships.
2: Another way I think I've been wired as poly from the beginning and not realized it, when I was a kid, like fourth or fifth grade, I had three best friends. And people were like, You can't just, what do you mean you have three best friends? I like, no, oh, they are three best friends. They all exist in different contexts. And they are, like, there was the neighborhood best friend, the one from church, and the one from school. And none of them ever interacted with each other that much. It's like, yeah. The, the, they can all be my best friends. What's mm-hmm. wrong with that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're the best. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I think you're right about it. It's, it can be difficult, more difficult as an adult, to figure out how to maintain those friendships, um, you know, in the face of life, polyamorous or otherwise. Um, one of the things I've been really happy with is uh, I have a very close friend who has been a, a best friend um, since we were about twelve. And we, probably for the last maybe seven or eight years, almost every weekend morning we get up and we walk to get coffee. And we go at, like, we used to go at five in the morning. Now we've backed out to, backed out to six o'clock in the morning. Wow. <laughs> um, but it's because that was, like, a time when nobody was demanding anything of us. And there were really no other times in either of our life when we really could Choose to go nurture this relationship. I, yeah. I want to
2: interrupt real quick and say I feel no jealousy. It's up <laughs> in the morning to go walk outside.
1: <laughs> well, in the winter we sometimes do not walk, um, especially like polar vortex universe. There's been there's been extra driving. Um, I am a bigger wimp on that front than my friend is. She would she sometimes walks to my house and then we drive to get a coffee. But the. The walking is a part of it. Like, both of us have taken that on as, like, sort of a commitment to being active and healthy, but it's much more of a commitment to the friendship and Mm -hmm. to making space, even if it is not the most convenient space, for a relationship that's really important to us. That it's never going to be a sexual or romantic relationship yeah, under right. any imaginable circumstances. And I have a thing about the word never, but I actually feel completely confident using it <laughs> in this context.
0: And actually, I really admire people um, in, that are that are friends of mine who reach out to me and, are be like, and, and, and totally in a non-sexual, non-romantic way are like, Hey, we need to hang out. I haven't hung out with you in a month. And I'm like, Oh, wow. I've been really busy, and I didn't notice, and I'm so thankful that you are actually keeping up with our friendship, because I can be scatterbrained and, you know, juggling a million balls at once, so when I, so I really appreciate those people in my life, and those relationships, you know, are fostered when a lot of other ones have fallen by the wayside, because neither of us keep up our (laughs) edge of the friendship it definitely takes work and attention just Mm -hmm. as
1: much as any romantic or sexual relationship does like you have to put energy into those relationships
0: whatever the relationship looks like and i feel like just with a romantic relationship if both of the parties, or multiple parties, I guess it shouldn't be binary. <laughs> um, if, if everyone, everyone involved, involved <laughs> yeah, if everyone involved doesn't care enough, then maybe it wasn't really all that uh, fulfilling of a relationship to begin with, and maybe it is okay if it's kind of
2: dissolves. Yeah, or that natural fade
0: out that you were mm-hmm.
2: talking about earlier. Yeah, I have a, a tendency to if things aren't maintained, it sort of just fades away, and then mm-hmm. like multiple years down the line it's like, oh hey, this person's randomly back.
0: <laughs> Who <Where> are they? <laughs> so is there anything else you would like to add about um subverting jealousy?
2: I don't think so. Or I any... can I can come up with so many examples.
0: But... <laughs> or any um uh like happy poly moments when it comes to compersion, I guess.
2: Well the example I just thought of is actually from uh Gretchen's point of view I do a weekly board game night that can sometimes be pretty high stress, like, (laughs) lots of people trying to go different directions, do different things, like, there's a lot of, like, I gotta leave myself to everybody else to organize and, like, just direct them a little bit, and, um, she'll be like, oh, you have board game night tonight. Well i just don't want to go to that (laughs) that'll be your thing tonight and she enjoys it she enjoys participating but sometimes it's like oh you know what you go do your thing i'll be at home and i'll get (laughs) self-care like so um i think it's i guess what i what i think about that is it's important to recognize when your partner might need like that might need compersion, because you can't really force it onto someone. <laughs> right. But, like, recognize when they're trying to, like, step away or, like, need their own space. And, um, like, you can't really be resentful of them, like, not wanting to participate in something. It's like, yeah, sometimes people need to step away and understand that they're still going to enjoy themselves. They They have usually, like pre-planned for this and gone, this was where I will be happiest.
0: Yeah, there are times in which I'll have like, you know, five different events in a week and and I'll be like, Rob, I'm so sorry, you know, I, I didn't think about it, but I've got and this a, event his response, Saturday. like, oh, I'm great. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like, or, or like, oh, hey, do you need me to set up a babysitter so we can go together? And he's like, no, I really wanted to play video games. And I'm like, oh, yeah. nice. I mean, and being kind of, I think we both have we're both like extroverted introverts because we, I like to sit and watch Netflix and knit. I really enjoy that. And sometimes when I think about the fact that I have like three dates this week, I'm like, oh, I really Who wish, did that? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, I could just. I know what past knit, me was thinking. Knit, you know, yeah, <laughs> why did I do this? And I think Rob is the same way. So when we aren't really in uh, the same, like when we have different schedules, vastly different schedules, we both are kind of just fine with doing our own thing, and that's it's super nice to actually get that time alone. Alone time is nice to some people. I know some people hate it. And yeah,
2: I'll, <laughs> I'll get a message like I'm working late at work tonight, so come pick me up at like six or seven o'clock. I'm like, okay, like, mm-hmm. so sorry I was at work so late. I'm like, no, I got a ton of stuff done. <laughs> I'm, right. I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's a tough balance sometimes, I think, with that, because, like, there's the, on the one hand, you do want to have that nurturing opportunity and that, and at the same time, like, sometimes when we have these very busy lives, like, look, there's a window of opportunity. I should go find a person who I need to spend more time with and spend that time, and figuring out what of those things actually will meet your needs is not always the easiest
0: thing to figure out, at least for me. I feel like uh, Rob's episode was time management. I don't think we talked about time management at all. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, did we actually cover time management? Uh, I think is. we talked about
1: Google Calendar. We talked about Google Calendar, we talked about which about which that very a very important. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <did>. <laughs> but it is very hard. And it's also not like, you know, one size doesn't fit all. So when other people talk about their time management, I'm like, well, do you also have three jobs? Because I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I do time management probably very different than every other person. So, um so, yeah, it's, and I think that, like, if you are an introvert or an extrovert, you're going to feel differently about alone time. Or if you don't have very many friends, like, say, you're, you've are you just moved to the city, I know we've interviewed a couple of people who are kind of new to Milwaukee, they might not have friends that they can, you know, luckily, hopefully, there are a lot of ways to meet people, uh, friends-wise, but um, they might not have that long-standing relationship that they can go and uh, hang out with uh, a friend. So... Yeah, it's different for everyone. Time management is very hard.
2: <laughs> one one new thing I've experienced in the last year is um, when you are like overwhelmed by the number of interactions that you have, and then suddenly you have a day where none, there's no interaction, mm-hmm. and it's this serotonin drop that <laughs> just crushes you, and. Like you got to plan for those days too. Like yeah. we're gonna have a big event with like fifty people over. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think we, for our holiday party, I think the total number was like seventy-two. Ooh, but wow. But the following day, mm-hmm. we had no one over. Like Rob mm-hmm. came and picked up a bag. You guys forgot.
0: Yes, we forgot our diaper bag. But, yeah.
2: but like, we're, we <laughs> no will be happy to otherwise. see no people and yeah. like. Gretchen and I almost didn't talk to each other. They were like, let's watch TV. Let's do our own thing. It'll be fine. We have
1: human interaction saturated.
0: Yeah. yeah. So working at a um, like an adult boutique, I work at a sex toy store. I think I mentioned that in episode one. But Valentine's Day is our most busy time of the year. Okay. And so I picked up a lot of shifts this week. And so I've been working constantly and then also uh, doing other events. Like I hosted a bachelorette party. I we just... I just like I've been doing stuff non-stop and I totally miss um, calendared today so this morning I woke up and I was like I have nothing to do today (laughs) and I am so excited and then you messaged me and you were like so we're on for noon and then also we're gonna have another one and I was like oh Oh, I've forgotten everything. <laughs> oh, oh no! Wait, what? <laughs> I, um, we could take today I... off, you know. <laughs> no, 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 no! I totally, yeah, I, yeah. I was like, "What about the snow? Uh, what about?" <laughs> and and yeah, no. So I totally understand those, like that. And I totally will get next Sunday for that, which is, which is great. I, I have to plan my days off ahead of time, mm-hmm. sometimes weeks ahead of time. It'd be like I am going blank. to have <laughs> one day, and uh, it's going to be amazing. So, yeah, it, it it is sometimes a struggle. Yeah, yeah. Gretchen yeah.
2: and I have taken to it putting even tentative things on the calendar. So, like, hey, there's a artist performing this day. We don't have tickets, but <laughs> let's put it on the calendar so that we know, like, when it gets closer, we don't want to put anything on that day mm-hmm. or we want to choose at that time whether we're going or not. And we wind up with a lot of, like, there's, like, six things on the calendar. We're not doing any of them. (laughs) mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, it can sometimes be an overload uh, and make you feel super overwhelmed when you have too much to do. But, yeah. And that is one of those
1: weird things where Google Calendar can kind of get you in trouble <laughs> because if multiple people have tagged these as things they might want to do yeah, and I put them like, tentatively oh, in the calendar, like, oh, there's oh, I've
2: been at home day. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: And it looks like you were doing seven things. Like, oh, well, I I went to brunch.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I will. I have the problem of putting it on my work calendar on accident, and then you know, be like, Rob, you know, I work until eleven tonight, and he's like, you know, I wanted to go on a date tonight, and both of us haven't put it on the calendar, and I was like, oh. Mm, okay, well, we're just going to have to work this out. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, it's challenging, too, because I also have, like, a kid placement calendar and yeah. the kid activities. and those. And you, know, you haven't started dealing with kid activities nope, particularly yet. Uh, yet, but, you know, it's coming.
2: Yeah. Kind Vaughan. of tying it back to jealousy. Um, sharing your calendar and keeping track of things like that allows you to look at it and go, oh, I, I've forgotten that I'll say I had forgotten that Gretchen uh, wanted to go on a date on Thursday. I should find something to do on yeah. Thursday, otherwise I'm going to be miserable.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. Or like
2: I, I need to make plans for myself or with someone. Like, otherwise I'm going to resent that a little bit. Sure. To, to like have to deal with the resentment of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and I also try to make a balance when I when I look at the calendar and I see. You know, I work late on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then I'm going out on Thursday, and then I have a show on Saturday. I'm like, well, I am not planning something on Friday night because I am being a douche. I am making my (laughs) husband do all of the kid, you know, taking care of uh, all of the bedtime kid stuff for four out of five days of this week, you know? Uh, Usually we do everything together on the weekends, but yeah, during the week I'm like, ooh, wow this sucks. (laughs) I need to, I need to get better at this. Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. But I think that also goes to the idea that, you know, balance, you can't always look at balance
0: in a short term context. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's five days out of our lifetime. Yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) My situation, as far as kids are regarding, like I'll look at Katie's calendar and go, Hmm, She's got kids for 11 days, one free day, and then another six days.
0: <laughs>
2: Gretchen, I'm going to need to go out with Katie on this day. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: And, yeah, that is definitely a thing, because by that time, I am so in need of company and to be in a more partner energy mode. So I appreciate that you guys have having this conversation. <laughs> it's usually how the
2: planning happens.
0: <laughs> All right, well, um, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for
2: having
0: me. It was yeah. fun. It was fun. All right, so that is it from us at Polyamory Uncensored. We have been Lindsay Miller and Katie Williams. We'd like to thank my husband, Rob, for helping us through our many sound issues and thank myself for editing the podcast so we sound smart. You can follow us on Facebook at Polyamory Uncensored, contact us at polyamoryuncensored at gmail.com, and if you'd like to support us at all, you can send us a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash polyamoryuncensored and simply click on the support this podcast button. We will forever be grateful for any contribution you can manage to making this podcast better and more efficient. We hope you have enjoyed this episode, and remember,
1: we We love love you. Bye. Bye.